I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. Um, we're going to continue our study on how to pray the prayer of intercession. We said that there's two ways to pray the prayer of intercession, with your understanding and with the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14 says, I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. So one way to pray the prayer of intercession is by praying with your understanding. Now, when we talk about praying with your understanding, we're not talking about uh, praying your own will or what you desire someone to have or, some, or the way that you want someone to change. We're talking about praying the Word of God. Praying with your understanding. Take their need that they have that you can see with your physical eyes to the Word of God. Agree with what God's Word has to say about their situation. And that's what you present before the throne room of God. Again, don't pray your own will. Don't pray your own desire. Pray the Word of God. And the Word of God, when you pray and you exercise praying the Word, the Word of God does not return void. The Bible says, I will hasten my Word to perform it. The Bible says He sent His Word and He healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So that's the way we pray the prayer of intercession. And we talked about how to pray for someone who is born again. And we spoke of several scriptures. And we're going to go ahead and continue on this subject of praying for the believers. Galatians chapter 4 says, 419 says, My little children, in whom I travail in birth again, till Christ be formed in you. And we're talking about how to pray for a believer. The Apostle Paul said, I travailed once for you to be born again, and now I'm travailing again for you until Christ be formed in you. It's one thing to have Jesus in us and we're born again. And it's another thing for the believer to come to full maturity. And so the Apostle Paul was saying, I travailed in birth for you once to be born again. And now I'm continuing, continuing in prayer for you that Christ will be formed in you. So that's what happens when we pray the prayers that we talked about earlier. We pray the Ephesian prayer, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. We prayed that the person would have a revelation of the love of God, the height, the depth, the breadth, and the length of the love of God, and how that will change them. We talked about laboring fervently in prayer, how at times in prayer for the believer, they're, we're praying and we're believing God for them and there's a struggle and there's, a, there's a, an inner working of the Holy Spirit. And in that particular case, we found out that he was praying that they would stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. We're going to go a little further in our discussion in talking about Christ being formed in the believer. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. 
And it says here in this scripture, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. There are some Christians, they're born again, but they have a lot of weights and a lot of sin and a lot of things that are holding them back. And it's keeping them from running the Christian race successfully. But we're going to find out through the scriptures that the prayer of intercession can help lift the weights, take those things off of them with the idea of completely removing it from them so that they can run successfully the race that is set before them. And the prayer of intercession is a ministry, so to speak, of helps. You're actually helping that person when you're praying for them. You're not doing something bad or evil against them. You're helping them. In the satanic kingdom, they do do prayers, so to speak, and their prayers that they say what they're doing is they're putting curses on people when they pray and they do some of the things that they're doing. But in, as, as believers and as godly New Testament believers, when we pray for somebody, we're lifting the darkness off of them. We're helping them change for the good, and we're not putting bad things on them. The only time it gets... It, it could be bad in intercession, and we've said this before, we'll say it again, is when you start to pray your own will on them. Then, then, then that's not good. Okay, so let's go to Romans chapter 15. We're talking about praying for the believer. It says here in verse 1, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. That word infirmity is the word, a it means a scruple of conscience, not a physical thing, but something wrong in their belief. You then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the, that word infirmity is a scruple of conscience, not a physical thing, but something wrong in their belief. The word bear in the Greek means to lift up, to bear up with the idea of completely removing. So you then that are strong, you're walking with God and everything's going good in your life and you're an intercessor, you're, 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 you're flowing in the things of God. You then that are strong, when you come across a believer who's having problems or trials or testing or is having a hard time receiving their healing, we then that are strong, we can literally go into the prayer of intercession lay one hand on them, one hand on God, and through the prayer of intercession, we can lift up, remember our visual, with the idea of completely removing that scruple of conscience from them. The prayer of intercession can go in and help release that darkness, that thing that's on them that's keeping them from running the race successfully that is set before them. And let's face it, We've all had times in our lives that we've had weights and we've had things that have hindered us from running the race. Every one of us as believers has needed someone at times to stand in the gap for us and to pray for us. And that's the beauty of the Bible says, bear one another's burdens and you fulfill the law of Christ. That's part of bearing one another's burdens. Intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer is part of bearing one another's burdens. So this to me is just very exciting. Now, when you've done that and you've stood in the gap for somebody, let me just show you what happens. Luke 22, 
verse 31. Jesus said to Simon, and you know the story of Simon. He denied Jesus three times, right? He was a follower of Jesus, but he had something wrong with him. He had a weakness. He had insecurities. He had a lot of things going on. And, 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 and you know, I, I sometimes call it, he was, he was, he was, um, he just, those issues caused all other issues in his life. So here he had insecurities. He had a lot of things going on. And it caused him to deny, literally to deny Jesus. Because if he was confident in his Lord and in his Savior and who he was following, he would have never denied Jesus. Okay, but it says here, verse 31, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. So Jesus foresaw what was going to happen to him. He said, but I've already prayed for you. What did he do? He prayed for him. What did he pray? That your faith should not fail, and when you return to me, strengthen your brethren. In other words, Jesus stood in the gap for Peter, he saw that he was going to deny him, and instead of judging him and condemning him and, and calling him names and just throwing him out, he said, no, Simon, I love you with an everlasting love. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to pray for you that your faith fail not. And by the way, when you're converted, because he already saw the answer before it ever came, and that's what happens when you pray. You see the answer before it ever manifests. He said, when you are converted, what I want you to do then is I want you to go out and strengthen your brethren. I don't know about you, but that, that's good news to me. It's good news to me that there are times in our lives that we're going through tough times and we need somebody else to come alongside to help us and to bear our burdens so that we can go and do what God's called us to do later on. Amen? Okay, so let's go on. Now, how do we pray for the unsaved? 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4 says that if our gospel is hid, it is hid to those who are lost in whom the God of this age has blinded the minds or the eyes of those that believe not. So a person who is not saved, who does not know Jesus, spiritually speaking, their eyes are closed, they're blinded, they cannot see the truth of God's word. The Bible says they are of their father, the devil. They're in darkness. They're in the kingdom of darkness. And they need someone to come alongside and they need someone to pray for them. To do what? To lift that darkness off of them so that they can see the light of God's love. And that so that they can see the revelation of who Jesus is and what he did in his death, burial, and resurrection. And spiritually speaking, their eyes are blinded. They can't see. But through intercession, through laying one hand on them and one hand on God, we in the realm of the Spirit, we can go in and we can start lifting up that darkness off of them with the idea of completely removing it so that they can see the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, we all have stories of of how we were born again. Those of you that are listening that are born again, we all have stories of how we walked in darkness and we didn't know who Jesus was. And, and then one day, the light just shined. And we got the revelation. 
And, and as a result, what did we do? Most of us, except anybody in their, in their right spiritual mind, would accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Amen. We realize he who knew no sin became sin for me, that I would be made the righteousness of God. He took my place. I need a Savior. It was just a realization that came. But the people that are in the world, they don't have that realization. And the thing that will change their minds and convince them of their need for Jesus is prayer, praying for them. And as we begin to pray for them and stand in the gap for them and be persistent in asking and demanding of the devil, we will see them come to the light and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. God said in his word, I would that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. It's not his will that anybody perish. He wants every single person that you and I know to be saved. Every single one of them. And you know what? And nobody's too hard for God. The Bible says where sin abounds, grace does so much more abound. And you know what? Sometimes the harder and the more lost they are, the brighter the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ can shine unto them. It's all about perspective. There is no hopeless situation. That's why the prayer of intercession, I love this prayer because this is the prayer that truly changes people's lives. Amen. Okay, so how do you pray for the unsaved? Well, we understand now that their, their eyes are blinded, that the God of this world has blinded their eyes, but we can go in through the prayer of intercession, Romans 15, 1, and we can pray for them. Now, this is how you can pray for them as well. Use your authority for them, believer. Use your authority. John 14, 14 says, Jesus said, and I'm going to say this in the Amplified. Whatever you ask or demand in my name, I will do it. I will be there to back it up. So an unbeliever has no power. They have no authority over the devil. You know, the devil is actually ruling them. But you as a believer, you can go in on their behalf and you can demand that the devil take his hands off of them you use the name of jesus on their behalf and there is power in the name of jesus there is no other name given among men whereby men can be saved it's the name of jesus he has exalted his name and there is it is the name that's above every name above every name and when you use the name of jesus you break the power of the devil off of them, the devil has to flee. Yeah, but they're still yielding. Listen, I'm going to tell you straight up. If they knew they were yielding to the devil, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing, half of them. They don't understand that it's the devil. They don't understand the realm of the spirit and how things work. But you understand these things. You can use the authority on their behalf. Mark 16, 17 says, These signs will follow them that believe. In my name, <laughs> you will cast out devils. I've taken authority over the devil and evil spirits by laying one hand on them, one hand on God, and being absent from them in the natural and present with them in prayer. And I've literally broke the power of the devil off of them without ever laying hands on them or anything and seen them change. And they don't even know. So this thing broke off of them. How did that happen? Somebody prayed for them. So you use your authority for them. And then this is, another way I, this is another thing I would encourage you to do when you're praying for somebody who's not saved. I would pray the prayer protection for them. Yeah. 
You don't want them to leave this earth until they have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And I've actually said to God, you know what, Lord? You said in your word that I will be saved and my household. <laughs> so there is no way that I'm going to allow any of my relatives to go anywhere but to heaven with me because that's your promise. And so I'm holding on to your promises and I'm standing on the word on their behalf and I'm believing God for them. But until then, release your angels. The Bible says, are they not ministering spirits sent forth? The Bible says that the angels of God in Psalms 103, it says that the angels of the Lord hearken to the voice of the word. Yeah. So when you're praying for the unsaved and you're praying for that lost loved one and you're speaking the word of God over them, the angels of God go into action on their behalf to guard them to protect them, to keep them from evil, to keep them from car accidents and anything else that would try to take them away, take them off this earth. Because if they're walking with the devil, he's out to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to take them out. He wants to take as many people to hell with him that he can. But you know what? They're our relatives. They're our friends. They're in our sphere of influence. We're going to hold on to them, and we're going to believe God for them on their path. Our faith will produce results on the behalf of the unsaved. You know, I remember in the early 90s or 80s, whenever it was, and prosperity was the big message of that day. And I remember a, a woman evangelist saying, we, the Spirit of God gave her the revelation. It's almost like a dull revelation, but it was a revelation at that time because the prosperity message was the revelation at the time. And, and one day God said to her, you know, we ought to be, instead of using our, all of our faith for finances, we should be using our faith for souls. Remember we said in our visual, you know, and of some have compassion, others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. We could use our faith and we could pull people out of that realm of darkness so that they can see the light of God's word and accept him as their personal Lord and Savior. Listen, I'll tell you how it happened for me. When I, just before I got saved, I was under such conviction, I could hardly even stand it. I don't even, I didn't even know that I was under conviction. I didn't even know what it was. All I know is for about six months, every time I heard a, not every time, many times when I heard a secular song on the radio, all of a sudden I'd start thinking about God and Jesus and his love for me. I mean, where was that coming from? And then I started to get uh, more miserable than I already was. Remember, we said sometimes when you pray for people, they get a whole lot worse before they get a whole lot better. Well, I just became more, more unhappy, more miserable. I just, I just was like, I just was so unsatisfied. And I was trying to fill that gap with, you know, all these other things. And, and one day, I just had the revelation. I just needed Jesus. And I literally was born again in my bedroom at the time where I lived, like Brother Hagen says, this is, the only, this is the only street address I can remember. He can remember all kinds of addresses and, and, and days and weeks. But I was born again at 829 North President, Wheaton, Illinois. I think I can even remember the zip code, 60187. And I remember the day, the night that I was born again. I said to Jesus, what must I do to be saved? Something kept 
bothering me and, 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 and uh, poking me and just, just uh, convicting me. And one day I heard the Father's voice. I'd never heard the voice of God in my life. And I heard audibly, I just heard audibly, only believe. Only believe. And a light shined in my heart. A revelation came to me. I said, I believe. And I accepted Jesus. And everything changed. The, the darkness left. The light came. And I, I told my friends that in the next couple of days, something had happened to me. I didn't know quite what it was. And I found out later that this couple who were pastoring this church by me started to pray and intercede for me and really put on, like, really put pressure on in the spirit, started praying for me and interceding for me. And that's what was releasing all that conviction. That's what was releasing all that, you know, all that, I don't know, I was just so uncomfortable with where I was at in life. But isn't that a beautiful story? And you think about it, they prayed for me and interceded for me. I get saved, and then what happens to me? Now I go out. And I start ministering to people and helping people. Now we have a ministry of prayer, and now we're going and we're winning people to Jesus. Well, you know what? They're both in heaven, this couple. But you know what I believe? That as I continue to do the works that God's called me to do, as a fruit of their prayer, I believe that everything that I do as a fruit of their prayer is going to be laid up as treasures in their account. Why? Because they prayed for me. So that's a beautiful thing. There is no one that is too hard for Jesus. If the God can save Saul on the road to Damascus, he can save anybody. So never say that, okay, this person's just too far gone. Nope, where sin abounds, grace does so much more abound. So I would encourage you to pray a prayer of protection. A good prayer to pray over somebody who's not born again is Psalms 91. And I would encourage you to put their name in that psalm. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I bring my sister Jeanette to you. I thank you, Father. You know, these, just because every person that's been born into this world is born with an angel. And they're not little baby angels, little naked babies in diapers that kind of fly around. No, they're big, huge angels. Every person has an angel. And those angels didn't go away just because the person grew up. So I would pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, you know, I pray that you would protect Jeanette and that your angels would garrison all around them. A thousand will fall at the right hand and ten thousand at your right. But I thank you, Father, it won't harm them or hinder, hinder her. I pray that you would protect her. And then I'd pray another scripture, I don't know where it is, but it's that no weapon that is formed against mine, my friend Jeanette will prosper in the name of Jesus. And just pray protection over them. Okay? Now, when you pray for the lost, John 16, I already quoted it, but we're going to go ahead and read it because I believe God wants to teach us how to pray the prayer of intercession. And preaching isn't always the way to teach intercession accurately. We have to bring everyone to the Word of God. John 16, verse 17. When you pray the prayer of intercession for someone that is lost, it releases the ministry of the Holy Spirit on their behalf. Releases his ministry. He actually has a, two, he has a lot of things that he does. He has a ministry to the church, but he also has a ministry to the world. And this is his ministry to the, to the world. Jesus said, we'll go ahead and begin at verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper, comforter, intercessor, strengthener, standby will not come to you. 
But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he is come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. That's the bottom line. People think sins, all sins, plural. No, the only sin that we're guilty of is not accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. And all have fallen in Adam. And there's only one way to get restored, and that's through Jesus Christ. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's why we need Jesus. He bridges the gap between God and us. When we accept him, we're made in right standing with the Father. But he said, of sin, because they do not believe in me, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. The Amplified Version says, when the spirit of truth is come, he will convict and convince the world of their need for Jesus. And when you start to pray the prayer of intercession for an unsaved person, it releases his ministry into their life like the floodgates begin to happen major, major, because it activates his ministry. I, I, I feel sorry for people that don't have family members that are saved, but you know what I've learned more and more as I've lived my life, I've learned it more and more. There is somebody somewhere in every family that's born again and a child of God praying for their family. Okay? Now, how do we pray the prayer of intercession? Now, we've talked about praying the word. We've talked about using the, our authority. Uh, oh, wait, one more scripture for praying the lost. This one's very important. Matthew 9, 37. Pray. Jesus said in Matthew 9, 37, and he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, just sit idly by... Don't do anything. Just go to worship services and worship God and just do your own Christian thing and just hang out and have fellowship and meals together. No, he didn't say that, did he? He said, I need you to do something about the lost. He said, the harvest truly is plenteous. And yes, I want you to go into all the world. I want you to preach the gospel. I want you to do those things. And you've got to witness. You have to be a light. But you've got to do more than that. Because when you pray for the lost, it prepares the way for them to receive Jesus. It causes them to be uh, more receptive to the word of God. There's an old saying, the same sun that hardens clay melts ice. When we start to pray for somebody, it'll start to melt their hearts. If their hearts are cold or hard, it'll begin to deal with their hearts. It'll begin to get their hearts prepared to receive the word of God. So he said here, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray. Pray what? That the Lord of the harvest, that he would send out laborers into his harvest. So what you could do is you could start to pray that God will send a specific kind of laborer across that person's path that you're praying for. And listen, and if, if they're like a, bice, a bike, bike kind of a guy who wears leather jackets, I believe that God's going to send somebody that's got that same kind of thing going on that can relate to that person and speak the word of God to that person, and therefore that person will be more open and receptive. 
I believe that the perfect laborer can be sent across the path of someone who's not saved. So pray that the Lord of the harvest would, that he would send laborers across that unsaved person's path. Okay? And remember we said, prayer opens up the door for God to work. We have not because we ask not. We begin to intercede on the behalf of the lost and God will begin to work on their behalf. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.